GM, GM, everybody. All 14 of you. Early birds. We'll uh, give everybody a minute here to uh, to get in here, and then uh, we'll, we'll kick off. Hope everyone's having a good morning. Okay. Hey, Hefe. How are you, sir? I'm well. How are you? Great. Pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, we have a lot how's, of great discussion planned for how's today. How's your day gone? Uh, well, it's yes, my morning. Uh, yeah, it's my morning right now. It's 6 a.m. <laughs> on a Sunday for me. <laughs> uh, but it's good. I, I enjoy being here, and uh, I enjoy doing these meetings. So, so yeah, not a problem for me. And uh, I usually take a, a nap later in the day to make up for it. So it's all nice. good. Yeah. Got to get uh, that key nap in. Yeah, exactly. The midday siesta. Okay. Uh, yeah, I guess we could uh, we could start off here. Uh, I'll start off with the, our proposal review. We got quite a few proposals here that uh, recent SIG props and core props that have passed or are going to pass. So let's uh, start with the uh, 2023 DTF budget request. Uh, that one has met quorum. It did pass successfully. Uh, 11 million over 9 million and 98 percent in favor of. Uh, so we're just waiting on a core prop for that. Uh, I guess maybe that's something we can dis discuss a little bit later today. Is just a a, uh, a process for uh, submitting the core props, or I think there was even some discussion about the DAO potentially handling that. But uh, let we'll get to that maybe uh, at some point uh, during the meeting here. Uh, so yeah, that one that one just needs a core prop. Uh, no no uh, changes needed for that. Uh, the Forge raffle strategy and uh, the revenue split, uh, and then the Forge V1.1, the geode release, and the Gachi Lodge uh, 2023 are all ending today. I believe you have, let's have a look here. You have eight hours on the geodes, seven hours on the raffle revenue splits, and four hours on the Gachi Lodge. So uh, get your votes in there if you have not already. These are SIG props. So, uh, so you can go ahead and do that. Let's see what they're looking like here. Uh, Gachi Lodge, 14 million over 9 million, meeting quorum, 82% in favor of. Uh, Forge V1.1 Geo release, 14 million over 9 million, meeting quorum, and uh, it looks like 94% in favor of. Forge Raffle Strategy and Revenue Splits. Uh, this one had a few different options. Uh, it looks like option one, which was, let's have a look at where option one is. Uh, here. Uh, option one, uh, accept revenue split, and then option two plus accept revenue split. Uh, let's see. Option one was, uh, Legendary schematics via all geodes and accept revenue splits. Option two is legendary schematics in geodes and raffles and raffles and accept revenue splits. And uh, and then neither option uh, delay release. So let's see what, what it looks like here. Uh, looks like uh, option one is has 12 million votes, 82% in favor of. So there you go. 
then we got some core props here that were recently put out this week. We got Agip 57, uh, established the core framework guiding wearable release. And this was put together, I think Mikey J came up and uh, spoke on this a couple of weeks ago. Uh, 8.7 million votes in favor of 94%, uh, 9.2 over 9 million quorum. Uh, I get 58, launch round two parcel VRF uh, re-rolls. And it looks like, ooh, this one was kind of close. Uh, 9.8 over 9 million, uh, so it did meet quorum. And it looks like the prevailing vote is no. No, wait. Uh, yeah, 59% in favor of waiting. Interesting. And then 40% uh, in favor of launching a reroll. So that's uh, that's interesting. I see there's a note here, uh, hardcore put here. Uh, possibly front run by Gachi Garden, Guardians, maybe. <laughs> no, that's good. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's the, how that one went. Uh, I guess no action needed for that. Uh, we got a core prop that is, or a sick prop that is going live uh, during the meeting here. I see it looks like it's pending. And this one is, oh, hang on, guys. I don't know if I'm sharing my screen here. One second. Yeah, let me, let me do that here real quick. Okay, yeah, uh, yeah. So uh, where was I? The Infinity Keys Avagachi partnership with updated numbers. Uh, that core prop will be going, or sick prop will be going live in fifty-four minutes. And uh, this is a proposal uh, put out there by Infinity Keys, looking for some. Uh, they're looking for funding their uh, their Infinity Keys. Uh, starter pack for Avagachi. So all the details in there. I think we did discuss uh, Infinity Keys last week. And you can have a look at that. They have all the details in that, uh, in the proposal there. All right, Uh, let's see here. Let's review our uh, outcomes. And so Forge Core Prop this week. Infinity key uh, sick prop this week. That's coming. Li- that's going live here pretty soon. I finished the mission and vision board uh, from a couple weeks ago. Just listening back to those conversations, reading the chats, uh, trying to aggregate all the opinions I could find that were relevant to the discussion. And uh, I think Hardcore helped me uh, get this uh, beautiful uh, mission and vision board together. So we'll be going through that uh, later today. <laughs> you put their DAOs unfunded and leaderless. Well, actually, we're going to have a big conversation around that today, and that's something I'm actually looking forward to. So uh, so let's see who we have in the house here. I think we might have Dr. Bagney joining us. We might have some other. Uh, we got Mikey J in the house. Yeah, we'll be, we'll be talking about the uh, DAO development team proposal that we have uh, kind of put together here. I've been helping Dr. Wagby out with that. And uh, there's some other uh, members of the Avagachi community you might recognize who have also put together their proposals. So 
I would like to uh, maybe start the discussion off with that. If Dr. Wagme is available, uh, if you are not, I can skip over to the next uh, skip over to the next topic there, and we can circle back around. Let's see, he has his hand up, <clears throat> hand up there. Hey, good morning. GM, GM. Uh, so we want to just dive right into it, talk about the unfortunate acronym of the DDT that maybe needs to be <laughs> updated to DDF, but uh, talk about that and go from there. Yeah, yeah. And I see hardcore is a good Dow, Dow revolution. Oh, Ooh. I like it. Yeah. Begin. Uh, well, I mean, we've been talking for like really months now about what it looks like to be a little bit more effective as a DAO, what it looks like to have some structure uh, and uh, the potential advantages of that and the disadvantages of not having anything in place. Uh, you know, we tried with the DTF to have some, you know, process where we could engage community members, uh, help them build, fund them, help grow our community and the protocol. I think that's a lot of what we're hoping to do with mm -hmm. Amagachi. Uh, but it's pretty challenging uh, to run, especially uh, from an uncompensated standpoint. You know, there's lots of different people applying lots of things like to review, like to have any like good measures for that is really hard. Uh, and so that really kicked off this discussion on like what it looks like to kind of have some structure and oversight from that perspective. Uh, and then, uh, you know, from you know the Forge perspective, uh, we're working on you know developing the protocol, trying to add value, trying to add revenue to make all of the work that we're doing uh, sustainable. Uh, and you know, from you know Pixelcraft's roadmap yesterday, you know the 2023 goal is to transition fully from Cocoon to Oasis phase in 2023, which is a really pretty enormous task. One that I think even if we put a lot of resources at, it's going to be a ton of work and difficult to like fully accomplish. And I think probably being a good DAO is going to be like a lifelong endeavor, right? On how we do well and do this right. So trying to get something a little bit more granular in front of the community was my goal with this uh, like initial like discussion kickoff, uh, because we've been talking about something, we need something kind of with specifics in it, how things would actually work. So we could talk about, this is a good idea, that's a bad idea. Like we don't need those, we, we do. And so the whole goal of this is to get a lot of feedback. And if you look at like my initial Forge post, like the Forge is completely different uh, on like what it's actually going to be than what I proposed initially. And I think I'm hoping for the same grace in looking at this uh, proposal that we can uh, iterate together, talk about what we need, what our priorities are as a DAO, and uh, if we even want uh, some sort of leadership team or development force uh, to help our DAO transition. And so with that intro, uh, so the DAO development theme or DAO development force would be uh, a group with a varied skill set uh, that could take on like multiple different roles uh, in the DAO and would like number one priority is to like really understand what the priorities are of the DAO. We talked about having a DAO roadmap understanding like what those things that we put on a roadmap, like how feasible are they? Like, what does it take to execute those? Uh, and uh, then perhaps if we wanted the people in those roles that help establish what the, the goals are, uh, could execute uh, some of them. 
and or uh, establish what work needs to be done. Uh, so we could post those up for bounties, leverage some you know, project management stuff with the work that's incoming so we can get as much work in front of the community as possible to like really have our ethos of a community built uh, project possible. Uh, so that's what this mm -hmm. group would be doing is being able to do some of the work, understand what needs to be done, post it, uh, and then you know, with like Mikey J's proposed role, like uh, really helping with operations, uh, we have a ton of opportunity to have better operational processes throughout basically every aspect of our DAO with uh, trying to understand how we're funding projects, uh, like that, that process, getting funded, the measures for it, how our DAO voting works. Uh, like basically from top to bottom, there's opportunity and Mikey is an incredible asset to our DAO and willing to take on getting like that set up. Uh, I can just keep talking. Any questions so far, Hefe, or things you think I should clarify? Uh, no, I mean, I'm just right now, I'm looking at, you know, metamorphosis. I'm looking at Oasis, kind of what is coming down uh, the, you know, what is coming down the pipeline for us that we don't really have a, we don't really have a roadmap per se to get there. But I, I totally agree with having uh like a team or some sort of leadership in the DAO, a collective leadership that can actually, you know, guide the DAO, get certain things in place, certain processes established, and, you know, even like enable some really cool uh, projects uh, built on top of the protocol. Uh, I think the Forge was a, was a one of the first examples, but certainly uh, not the last. So uh, I think to have this sort of leadership would be uh, highly beneficial uh, I think there are some concerns that the community will raise, but uh, like, you know, we're completely open to feedback on this. Like, uh, this is a collaborative process uh, with the community to to find something that, that works uh, not only for the DAO, but something the community is uh, satisfied with. And so, uh, no, I mean, I don't really have anything specifically to interject on. Uh, yes. Yeah. Well, and then... So I think one of the key sticking points here is kind of understanding like, okay, this is like the Forge team, uh, like plus Hefe, right? And so like, why why is it set up like this? So I, I guess our initial thought was we have loved building the Forge. We're like really close. We should be deploying the testnet like really soon. I think the value we've added from the Forge team is like really huge. There was a lot of really big problems and structural problems that we had like with our economics that the Forge is going to help with. And so we, we have this team that wants to keep building. We're really excited about other things that we can do uh, from the Forge to both drive revenue, to drive protocol engagement, uh, and to just like help continue develop. So I, I wanted to capture, we have this team that wants to work for the DAO, that wants to keep doing things. Uh, like, can we have them take on some extra work to help with these other operational opportunities uh, that we have to help provide uh, like a group of people that can like basically help our DAO. But I think we're getting like you know, some fair feedback from the community uh, on like, why is it this Forge team uh, in this role? Can we separate those out? Should we just like keep the Forge team and Forge protocol developments separate? Uh, and then we could have, if we wanted uh, a development team uh, that is separate, helps set the priorities uh, and works on some of the other operational opportunities too. 
And I think that's where we're getting a lot of good feedback in chat that's hard to both talk and keep up on, uh, but we're hopeful for feedback on that. Yeah, absolutely. I'm just reading some of the comments here. Uh, there was that document, uh, there's some extensive documents you posted in the um, uh, the DAO forum there for anybody who does want to kind of get the, uh, the, the finer uh, details. But I guess we could go through like the specific uh, positions and kind of what is the vision for you know, the general vision for what each position is, is going to set out to do, I think would be good to go through. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so as far as, you know, the different roles, so you might roll a uh, proposed role uh, and I guess one more preface, right? So these are people that are like willing to take on uh, a role uh, and it's a little bit different than say like having a passion project where you're developing a game and you get a little bit down the road and then you want to doubt funding for, because like these are like people and like their lives and like that have like real jobs and real obligations outside. So I, I think proposing something and people for a role without knowing uh, like if they'll actually do it wasn't something I wanted to do. I, I don't want to put a proposal in front of the DAO uh, or discussion with like no one that's actually willing to fit these roles. So I worked really hard with uh, Mikey, Oliver, Diddley, and Hefe to understand like what time commitment are you willing to put in? Like what deliverables are you hoping to deliver over a period of time? Uh, and for this pay, would you do this for this time commitment? And so that's why these positions come with a potential person uh, because it, I didn't want to put like these like made up roles and like hopeful expectations without having someone that could possibly fit in them. But I do think it's very reasonable feedback to say, if we do, do we want these roles? And if we do, uh, let's open them up to the community to apply because yes, that sounds like a good idea, but no, we shouldn't just assume this person should do it. Uh, and I, I think that's really reasonable feedback that we've gotten from Bearded and Mark and others too. So, my role would be similar to like what I do on the Forge, and then plus what I do just in general for the community from a DAO perspective already. So understanding uh, like the DAO, like how DAO governance works, uh, how if we can if we have a project, how do we get like what we're doing in front of the DAO to like make sure that we're getting feedback from the community. I, I hope that people think that Forge has gone okay and that they understand what's been going on and have been involved in. The process or the DAO has been involved and that takes a lot of work right a lot of intentionality to say this is exactly what we're doing let's make sure the DAO agrees with it these are the key decision points that we have to make that should go in front of the DAO because we shouldn't make them ourselves and so having someone to understand we have to have the DAO uh, driving the decisions that we make is really important but then also be able to provide accountability to the team uh, to understand like what they need to get uh, their project done to like provide some vision on like what uh, should be the next thing that we wanted to do as the Forge team. Uh, like that has been a lot of work and it's about 20 to 30 hours per week since October, since we came up with the Forge idea and is like time that I'm willing to like keep spending, uh, but I just can't do that without like some level of compensation uh, moving forward. And that's why I left the DTF and I'm hoping that this could combine 
like the opportunities that and the goodwill that we built from the Forge team uh, to do then. So that's the one role. Uh, Mikey, is Mikey in the audience? Let's see if we can get Mikey up here also. I think I do see him in the audience. Yeah, well, let's get him up. Yeah. I'll let Mikey talk a little bit about his role and how he'd be so key in operations and like making things work uh, and kind of getting his take on this entire proposal is super important because he's so well-spoken. So go for it, Mikey. GM, GM. Uh, yeah, GM. let me know. I'm in a car and might not have great service. So if you guys like can't hear me, just. Um, yeah, so, you know, the way I think about this, and I kind of said this a little earlier, is that, you know, we're talking about, like, looking at this roadmap, and we're talking about the DAO getting to a place where it can handle the responsibilities of, uh, of the coming phases, you know, metamorphosis and oasis. And, um, you know, it's great to kind of think about the situation where, um, you know, we can all kind of chip in and do this via bounties here and there and without a lot of structure. But uh, I think, you know, it's clear, I think, to a lot of us in the community that uh, that we're going to need, you know, to organize in some fashion in order to um, in order to kind of have the same kind of processes, business processes and practices in place that, like, for example, Pixacraft would have, because a lot of the work that the in terms of, you know, oversight of the contracts, in terms of um, innovating on the code, in terms of everything that needs to do, is essentially work that is being done by Pixelcraft today in some way, shape, or form, a lot of it. And so I really do think, you know, it, it makes sense for the DAO to think about, um, you know, just that next step in its evolution. And, you know, at least in terms of the way that I think about it in, in terms of finance and operations is, um, you know, there's... There's so much that we don't know how to do. Uh, there's so many processes that simply just do not exist right now. And, you know, we're, we're going to need to start to sit down and take a look at those. And what I would love to do is find a way that we can have a feedback mechanism, whereas, um, you know, we can have a, a, a team of people who are focused on executing what the DAO wants to be working on in terms of in terms of moving forward, that doesn't mean developing every little thing that's going on, but it might mean helping to administer grants to make sure that work that uh, is commissioned in grants is being done properly, is up to spec, that the code's being reviewed, um, so that there are people whose job it is, like day in and day out, to kind of look after the business of the DAO and to make sure that um, that projects are moving forward. Uh, right now, you know, we have so many things that are kind of stuck in the mud. You know, we've been trying to do mission and vision. There's talk about implementing D work. Um, there's talk about what to do about the bonding curve. But, you know, unless someone takes the initiative to kind of step up and say, hey, I'm going to work on this and, and put in the time it takes to put together a thoughtful proposal to do it and get funding to work on it, it's just not going to get done. And this is where I think having, uh, having you know, staff members of the DAO whose job it is to kind of keep these things moving forward. It doesn't mean they do everything in the DAO. And it certainly doesn't mean that they govern the DAO in any way. You know, it, what it means is that you've got people who are being held accountable for, for moving the ball forward. And for me, that's about creating accountability. You know, the great thing with, uh, you know, hiring Hefe in the project manager role last year 
was a big step forward because now there was someone who could be held accountable to be running the DAO meetings. There was someone who could be held accountable for putting the Miro boards together and Hardcore does that too, of course, and everything. Um, but to me, that's what it's all about. You know, I would like to know as a DAO member, I would like to know that there are people who are accountable for doing these things. Not that the, not that the ball's just sitting there waiting for someone to come pick it up, uh, but that it's somebody's responsibility to be doing these things. We don't have financial reports in the DAO. I mean, we, of course, everything's on chain, but we don't have like a cohesive set. Uh, we don't have like an easy way to know what are the DAO's cash flows, you know? What are, what are the DAO? We could see, you know, what assets it has. So we have kind of a balance sheet. We don't know how much money the DAO is coming in and from what sources. You know, these are things that I just feel like any organization needs in order to make good decisions, in order for the DAO voters to make good decisions. So, so you know, my vision for a finance and ops role is to, uh, to kind of help, you know, gather feedback from the DAO on what we could do better, what are our most important processes as a business, as an organization, and how do we make those better? You know, how does the DAO think they could be better, what's working, what's not? And then when we find what is working, talk about the new process, document it so that there's posterity. So that if, you know, when someone else comes into that role or when someone, it's someone else's turn to do something, you know, there's a, there's a share, there's a history in place. You know, these are the things that any organization needs to have in, in, in order to be successful and, and run smoothly. Um, just, you know, basic financial reporting and well-documented business processes and, um, you know, just, just the ability to operate in a mature way and to be able to handle that responsibility because you're going to need accountability um, you know, if we're going to move on to these phases. So for me, that's, that's what it's all about. I think a lot of the comments um, and feed, early feedback, I think, are actually really great points. I think the feedback, Bearded's feedback about, um, you know, kind of it feeling like, like there's kind of two things being shoved together here, the idea of development of the Forge and also the idea of kind of, you know, development of the, the DAO's processes itself, I think that's very fair. I think there's certainly ways we can, um, you know, think about why and how those things should be distinct. I also think, you know, the feedback about having kind of, you know, how do we kind of elect a cohesive team, but also, um, you know, make sure that there's opportunity for anybody to kind of, for these positions to be open to anybody. And, you know, how do we manage that process? I think that's all fair. And I, I think, um, I just look forward to seeing how the conversation goes and hearing more feedback and, you know, contributing in any way I can. I think, I think one of the uh, concerns, you know, either directly or indirectly that I've seen uh, brought up is to have a leadership structure in place like this that may be uh, priorities the DAO might want to have executed or specific ideas that the DAO, uh, you know, really, you know, we, we've had really good ideas come up to the top from uh, regular members contributing to the DAO. And uh, I feel like the community uh, overall appreciates this. You know, it's a, it's, I think it's what makes DAOs special is that someone can come here uh, without uh, any pre-vetted qualifications and deliver value and create value and be recognized for that by the DAO and even maybe get funding if it's a really good idea. And so this path is something that, uh, you know, we've kind of embraced this uh, since my tenure as a project manager. Uh, that's something that we've kind of embraced is, is funding good community ideas. And so I think there's some concern about losing that uh, to, you know, we see this in, in top-down corporate structures where, 
there's a good idea that comes up from the bottom that uh, you know the, the general uh, population there working for the company uh, they they agree that this is a good idea, but for some reason the idea somehow gets uh, ignored by uh, you know key members at the top, and then maybe some other idea comes trickling down that maybe was not uh, optimal, and so. That is something we can address as a DAO. And, and the fact that we have kind of matured as a DAO, it, it works to our favor. You know, having something like, uh, you know, community uh, task forces, you know, specific task forces built around uh, getting, you know, tasks done. I think task forces could work really well under this sort of uh, leadership and or, even you know, like working groups. That could get funded by the DAO. Overall, I think some, having something like this would actually create more opportunity for uh, community contributors in the DAO because there would be a better sense of direction. There would be a uh, voted on set of priorities. Uh, and I think overall, we would have more clarity with what needs to be done next. Uh, and in the process, you know, there will still be good ideas that get brought up. And, I, and as a community lead, community lead my, my kind of... Uh, goal here is to make sure those ideas are still being recognized, to still make sure that the community is being represented overall in terms of feedback or specific things that they may or may not like. Um, I think that sort of representation is important. And the fact that these members, I mean, the visions that were put together for each of these roles was put together from the perspective of these members, but, that, but that's not to say um, someone else in the DAO who has experience with these things is able to actually uh, contribute to this. This is a working model. And so we're very much open to, you know, if you have some sort of experience in some of these fields and you have something to contribute in terms of, you know, I think this would be better for the model or, you know, I think maybe your deliverables could, could use this instead or any, any sort of feedback from your relevant experiences is welcome here. And so, just wanted to make sure that uh, you know people know that. I was kind of reading the comments earlier about. I think Choina had asked if this is a if this is a structure that is seen in other DAOs, uh, like a leadership team. Are you know, do other DAOs have leadership teams? And the answer, the short answer is yes. And I actually I didn't know this, but Coder Dan said uh, Maker DAO actually pays a really significant amount to their team. Uh, I think Sushi has a has a team like that as well. I, I don't think it's abnormal um, to to have leadership in a DAO. You know, I don't think you're centralizing the DAO, um, but I think the tenets of decentralization still have to be respected. Community opinions still need to be respected. You know, these meetings are very key to a lot of that stuff. Um, so, so yeah, I, I think this overall this structure is going to be uh, beneficial to the DAO. And maybe, I, I mean, I'm going to put this out there. Disagree with me if, if you think um, maybe. Uh, but it, it looks to me that, you know, this sort of structure, to have this team put together, the, the ideal end goal would be get to a place where maybe we don't need to have all these positions in this capacity. But at, at the moment, it seems like this sort of thing would deliver a lot of value for the DAO and get us to a place where we're actually more functional as a DAO. Uh, we're able to execute on things quickly. We have uh, processes in place, um, you know, for either, you know, on the project side or even on the DAO development side. 
So I do see the benefit in that. And uh, kind of curious to know, like from, from you guys, Dr. Wagme and Mikey J, do you see this these positions being uh, like permanent? Or do you see this being as like, we need to execute on a, a specific list of priorities? Uh, it's gonna be a lot of work, a lot of heavy lifting, but hopefully we can get the Dow to a point where maybe we don't need uh, five, maybe we don't need five full-time, like in this capacity, positions, I guess, you know, what is the, what's the kind of long-term outlook with this, you know, is kind of what I'm trying to get, get at, I guess, with this sort of a plan. Yeah, I think Mike and I have similar ideas as far as, you know, if we optimize our operations, right, if we can like set up really good dashboards, operational processes, understand how our voting works, uh, help in the transition to on-chain voting, like have a healthy system set up. Like I think our goal and vision, probably all of us in the community is like to like, be able to phase out some of these, right? Yeah. Uh, as we as we have a really mature system, but like we, we like don't have that system in place. Like we need to build uh, a system that like works, that's really effective and efficient. Uh, and we all, we really need to get as many members from our community building as possible. So, I was scrolling through like my DMs over the last two months. So I had 18 different people reach out asking to be a part of the Forge team uh, and to build. And so we have all these people that like want to build, that want to contribute, but we don't have a structure in place to say like this is what the DAO wants to build. This is the work that it needs to to like take to do it. So these are the bounties, and then like posting those, making sure the person's qualified, measuring them to make sure they deliver it, uh, and then paying them. So we have we have all this potential work in our DAO, and then we don't have a way to translate, like first get like what the DAO priorities are, but then like get the people to do the work, and it, it's going to take a huge investment of time and energy and like expertise to bridge that gap. And I I think I definitely can't do that myself, right? I I think while the DTF was like a nice like pilot, I think like we really failed to be super effective and get. Uh, like adequate people building, if if we had that much energy still out there uh, to build and contribute, uh, that ended up like not being used. Uh, so I, that's the goal is to get as much work in front of the community as possible so we can all build and grow the protocol in the community together. And I think we need some structure to bridge the gap. Yeah, absolutely. And PG actually makes a really good point there. You know, Gachi Farmy had dropped some some of their uh, insights into this plan in the in the thread, in, I believe the DAO forum thread. And it kind of mentioned like the inclusion of guilds. And I totally agree, you know, guilds are going to represent the community at large. It's, uh, you know, I keep saying guilds are sort of the small business of the metaverse. And we're starting to see that with Avogadro guilds uh, rolling out their own kind of questing programs or reward programs, uh, hosting events. Uh, doing live streams regularly and uh, just being good like ambassadors for Avogadro, and so uh, guilds would definitely be a key part of the you know the, the feedback that we that we want to get. You know, there's there are opportunities you know for this group to build out something like a uh, DAO council with all the guilds and organizations, key organizations in Avogadro. I mean, that would be a great way to get some feedback um, from the community. But there are things like that. I mean, that it's not really part of this plan, but to, in a general sense, to have the guilds organizations represented as part of this plan is definitely, uh, in my mind at least, definitely something we want to implement. 
Yeah, and I would actually just point to um, the hardcore, if you, or actually, no, it's on the mirror board, hardcore posted earlier. You know, a lot of the detail in uh, Dr. Wagney's kind of post here was actually in those documents about the different positions and the deliverables in those documents. So I see like a lot of people are saying, oh, like we're going to spend all this money and all we're going to get is a roadmap or, oh, we're going to spend all this money and all we're going to get is X. But really, there's a combination of things here. And it's fair to think that, hey, maybe some of those things we don't need. And let's talk about that. Um, or maybe some of those things should be a separate thing. You know, if it's the next iteration of the Forge or whatever, that that all makes sense to talk about. But I think we really have to look at the whole chunk of those things. We have to look at the whole picture. It's not just creating a roadmap. Um, in terms of like, you know, I, can't, I really can't impress enough. And anyone who has had the experience of either working in operations position or has run their own business understands how important it is for any organization to have like consistent set of processes for having feedback loops, right? We have to have a way for the DAO to be able to provide feedback on things that we can synthesize into actual proposals that can be written and then voted on. And I think that's kind of the, one of the real missing pieces that Dr. Wagney highlighted. You know, the, the mission, vision, values discussion is kind of a perfect example. And it happens in a lot of discussions. We have a lot of kind of ideas, but at some point it takes someone's work to synthesize all the feedback and turn that into something that can be voted on and something that has all the details flushed out. And that work is oftentimes just being done on a volunteer basis right now, or someone's getting funded after the fact. And so because of that, a lot of that work just isn't. So, you know, I would really, you know, direct people to those documents and to the Miro board, to the deliverables that Hardcore put on there, because that's kind of the package, you know, that the team envisions working on over the course of, you know, the next six months. Yeah, well said. I'm just going to quickly check the comments here, see what people are saying. Uh, yeah, I think there's some comments there about transparency. And so uh, just so you guys know, the D Avogachi D-Work is already integrated into our server. Uh, and it is ready to kind of be used. But I thought maybe we should have this conversation here first and kind of figure out the direction we're going uh, before we, you know, flip the on switch. Everybody with the Gachi Gang role should, be, should have access to it. But, uh, you know, this is a conversation we need to have uh, to kind of figure out which way the DAO is going. This ties in. Uh, I mean, this kind of does tie in with our mission and vision. Like, what are we trying to accomplish as a DAO? You know, what is our vision? I mean, Metamorphosis kind of outlines that we're going to be getting some great responsibility here given to us in the in, a, in the next short little while here. You know, can execute smart contract calls, can upgrade certain mechanics in Avagachi, uh, ghost governance. Uh, so, like, some of these things are uh, pretty big, like, you know, you, you would want a team to manage some of these things, in my opinion, or at least to have some responsible members appointed by the DAO to, to, uh, to oversee some of these uh, very large uh, responsibilities. And so, uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of my take on it. Uh, let's see. If we can, uh, you know, Dan, you guys just posted the roadmap yesterday. Uh, I'm curious on like what your thoughts are. Like, what is the DAO's involvement in you know going from Metamorphosis to Oasis? I know that you know kind of from like a, a legal like security perspective, we're trying to like officially be 
Oasis. So it's good to have like documented that that's the goal. But what do you view as the DAO's responsibility in that transition? And do you think like right now, like with current states, we have the structure to reasonably do that in 2023? Um, well, that, I mean, that's a great question. I think from our perspective, Pixelcraft, uh, obviously we would love it if the DAO had more of the uh, development work uh, that pertains to the DAO uh, under their belt and able to kind of execute on that. So for example, like when someone wants to make a change to the contract right now, generally Pixelcraft is, is writing those changes, testing them, doing all the deployment and everything. So that needs to change at some point if we're going to be able to get to Metamorphosis Oasis. And so that's a, a big part of uh, this whole decentralization process is, is making sure that there's a, a process with the community set up that there's people that write the code, there's people that write specs for the code, there's people that write tests for the code, and it, it could be the same, the same person or one or two people, but uh, those would be, and we can, I mean, we can continue, the DAO can continue hiring Pixelcraft to do that as, as it, we currently have this, but we just think it would be better if uh, the DAO also has some, some internal members that are able to hand, handle that. So like one example, uh, Ave DAO has a, they have the guys who used to work on it, like Ernesto and I forget the other guy's name. They created, they went and like spun off, they left uh, the Ave Genesis team and they kind of spun off their own boutique development firm. And then they went and asked for like $10 million uh, from the Ave DAO to, to handle a lot of the smart contract development. Uh, so there is like precedent for having multiple teams working on multiple features and those teams being given like funding for this kind of stuff. Not saying it's, I think they're, they're on a different kind of TVL level than we are. So probably 10 million would be a little, little bit rich, but um, that would be for me, like that's one of the big priorities. We want to make sure that the, the DAO has members that are able to execute on the kind of uh, protocol level features. Anything beyond that, like, the marketing side, like if the DAO wants to do marketing for Avogachi DAO, I think that's a great idea. We can have Pixelcraft marketing for Avogachi. We can have the DAO marketing for Avogachi and Avogachi DAO. Like those are, those are definitely initiatives that, that could and probably should be funded uh, by the DAO. But the, really, the, if we talk about like the uh, Maslow hierarchy here, the, the core level would be let's make sure that the DAO as a protocol has everything it needs to exist and be decentralized. And then anything else above that is kind of getting into higher parties like, uh, like marketing or like if we want to do uh, partnerships with other communities, things like that. Uh, so uh, I was just thinking of, you know, what is the pitch you guys are trying to say here? For me, it, to me, this could be wrong, but uh, this is what I thought you were kind of getting at is that the, the DAO development team or the DAO executive committee would kind of be the team that is tasked with executing on some of this more kind of DAO uh, base level stuff, like like the contract work. And and then there could be levels above that, which is relates to marketing. From your summary above, it, it sounds a little bit more like it's kind of a think tank for helping the DAO understand where it wants to go. 
which I think is also like we definitely need to do that work. Um, and then so helping to cr uh, create a community build roadmap, uh, how to execute it, and then basically being the ones that are issuing the bounties, reviewing the bounties and all that. So that especially that last point, I think that's very important. We need people in the DAO that are capable of reviewing the work that's done by others, which currently we really don't have. I, I just wanted to jump in and, and um, yeah, I, I hope that it didn't come across like, I really think the think tank idea is actually kind of exactly the opposite of what we're going for. Um, and Dr. Wybe, you can correct me if, if, if you disagree, but to me, like we have a think tank, like the DAO is the think tank. What we need is we need the people who can put the pieces together to kind of figure out like what the DAO's asking for, what is the community wanting about this, what is it saying about this, and then helping the DAO realize its vision. It's actually the people doing the day-to-day -day work that we're lacking. It's why we don't have D work up and running today. It's why we currently don't have a good system for giving out bounties because we don't have the DTF anymore or a replacement for it. Um, it's why we don't have all of those things, not because we lack the ideas or we lack the talent, we just need to put those things all together. Um, and to me, like that just takes a certain level of like operational decision-making processes that the DAO needs to come to an agreement on to be able to kind of start executing and we'd be able to execute more efficiently on, on some of these ideas we have because I do think we have a, a great think tank already here in the DAO. Yeah, I want to, I, I agree with that. And I think that, you know, we look at like what we charged for, from the Forge team, right? So if we're trying to like build something every quarter, Right, uh, then, you know, it was, I guess, 65K plus eight. So around like 70K, right, for a, a quarter of work. So, you know, the idea is we have this team that's doing, you know, between, you know, 50 and 100K, like, worth of work, actionable, like, building, uh, and are also willing to, like, take on some administrative roles to establish the processes. So like, I would really want this team to build and execute as much as possible, but also to, like, maintain Right, there's going to be a lot of UI work that needs done from the Forge perspective. So, when we ship the Forge contracts, like, is, are we supposed to like keep like maintaining and getting the UI up and running and like get feedback from the community on that user interface process? And as we go to V2, uh, and the community wants certain things to happen from the, the user interface with V2, who's supposed to do that? Is the DAO supposed to uh, step up? and integrate that community feedback to have a better user experience or do we just like say like pixelcraft do something like where's v2 like i wish v2 had this uh, and i think our, our goal is to have people in place that can act and do and build as much as possible both from the maintenance perspective and from uh, you know the priorities that the DAO set like if we have our quarterly vote on priorities this is what we want built and then this team like could help execute that and if it's without outside of their skill set or bandwidth uh, then they understand the work that needs to be done to post the bounties to get that done and if there's multiple things we want to get done we could have multiple projects running in parallel uh, with multiple community members contributing and I think that's what success looks like is we can realize all the things that the DAO wants that's only limited by the talent of our community. Yeah. Uh, I also, I was uh, just reading some of the comments here. It seems like some people are saying that the, 
the forge, you know, building out the forge could possibly be like an ongoing separate bounty aside from this whole proposal. What are you guys' thoughts on that of, you know, building out forge features or is there a different way you're thinking about this? Is there was like, was there a reason why the forge got lumped in uh, with this overall structure? Is there a benefit you see to doing that? Uh, or, you know, what do you think about this bounty idea of making the forge work uh, bounty based, even if it is the same members taking it? You know what I mean? Yeah, so I think you know, we can do, like with the Forge, we could build what do we think is fun uh, and pick out, pick that out and say like, man, I'm most excited about a new BRS modifying slot. And uh, I'm not totally sure that that's what the DAO wants, but that's what we're excited to build. So here's how much it costs and we're going to build it. Uh, and I think like that's one strategy. We could just keep coming up with ideas that we think are, are, are valuable um, and put that in front of the community and then build it. I think there is an advantage to saying like, what does our community need the most and want the most and want built the most? Uh, and like, what should we prioritize that to, from a protocol perspective and then who can help build it? Uh, and I think this team could execute on that and like what the DAO wants might be a little bit different than what the Forge team thinks is the most fun to build. Uh, and I think this would really help utilize and prioritize the talents that we have within the DAO uh, with the team that can execute. Uh, and put them on the tasks that the DAO wants them to be on instead of kind of independently choosing uh, like what we want to work on and then putting that uh, in front of the DAO. Yeah, you know, one of the things I'm just thinking about right now, just my, you know, very short experience that I've had as a PM in the DAO dealing with uh, people approaching me with specific projects or initiatives they may want to do seeing what gets recognized, seeing what's gets what's getting funded so far. I would say we're doing a better job now, but you know, historically if you look at the start of Avagachi to now, it's like we haven't, you know, one of the things that I think the community could do better is recognizing our strongest contributors, our biggest contributors. And you know, we still have many contributors today that are doing work uh unpaid. You know, just out of purely for the, I mean, let's be honest, right? We're all here because we love Avagachi. We love what this has become. And I think, you know, our community has become something uh, special. I've looked around in other crypto communities and it's really quite shocking uh, to go to a different Discord server these days and see what's going on over there. And so, I mean, you know, I think that's one, in my opinion, that's one thing we could do a lot better as a DAO is, is recognizing our our biggest contributors uh, and, and making sure that they're getting compensated, whether it's through a bounty, whether we're looking at their idea and saying, well, this is a good idea, but you haven't really got it to a place where it can get funded. Let's help you get your idea to a place where uh, the DAO could see value in this and we would actually want to fund this thing. Uh, or, you know, you have a great initiative for this task force and we think this task force could really add value to the DAO. We're willing to you know, uh, take this task force under the wing, under our wing, and actually provide some guidance to this task force, and maybe even a little funding. Uh, and so I think, you know, Dr. Wagme and I, we've had this conversation where I mentioned, you know, I don't think the DAO should ever operate like a top-down corporate structure. That is not why we came here. You know, that's not why we came to crypto, for me at least is one of the biggest things was the tenant of decentralization. And, uh, you know, really, I think I, I kind of lost my train of thought there. But 
in short, I think the the that this leadership team could operate like a nucleus in a cellular organism. You know, that's kind of how DAOs uh, operate. They they don't operate in a top down structure. It's oftentimes like a like an or you know like a cell. You have different you have different organelles in a cell that do different things. Uh, but the, every cell has a nucleus, and this nucleus kind of it guides the cell and its day to day activities so it can it can thrive right this if i'm going to if i'm going to use an analogy i think that would be the one and uh so this dao dao development team ddr or ddt whatever you decide to call it is a is a way to have a nucleus in the dao that's actually able to kind of uh, guide things more forward more directly and uh provide some some leadership to those who who are wanting to contribute to the DAO or have been contributing to the DAO and are just not getting recognized for their efforts. I think a really reasonable way to move forward would be to like, what does a proposal look like that completely removes any anticipated building work uh, from like a forge or protocol development standpoint? And so it's a little bit different, like what does the forge protocol development look like? So if we have a, if we develop a path to backgrounds, right, to forging your own background, like to creating your own, to like designing it. And uh, we work really hard to like work with guilds on like what does the right process look like to make your own background to have your guild? Is that the Forge protocol or is that just the Avagachi protocol? Like development, like, I'm not sure that's all like Forge specific, but regardless, what does it look like to have uh, like a team or like the think tank that doesn't do anything? Uh, and like what does that cost is there interest from the community in that like removing all building from a proposal and then all the codedan zico is really concerned about the status of the forge if you could comment on like do you think we're close to testnet uh and then do you have concerns about smart contracts okay, we're very close yeah yeah sorry i was just i'm writing out a kind of a message here about roles i think we we definitely need and then we probably need so I'll, I'll finish that in a sec uh yeah as far as the forge uh, we are uh, this week we'll be doing some testing on tenderly which is like a forked version of polygon and uh, the contracts will be deployed on tenderly they'll be linked up with the ui that diddly has uh, been working on and he's he's currently doing like ui testing um i am also going to be doing a, a full review on the forge contracts uh this week to make sure that I don't spot anything. We've already had team members from Pixelcraft uh, review the contracts as well and like leave comments and, and Diddly has updated them based on those comments. Uh, so we are, our, for Pixelcraft, our target that we would love to have it out by is uh, definitely before mid-February and it seems to be on, on track for that. Just a brief aside on that, like, Forge is a really massive undertaking with a, it's like an incredible amount of work, both like operationally, uh, like from an economic standpoint, like from establishing a DAO process to do it, and then working with Pixelcraft, like working with wearables, like a, a crazy amount of moving parts. And yeah, just, the wearables uh, are are like super uh, intense. Like definitely uh, credit to Notorious for going through that process. It's it's definitely uh, it's it it can be. Like, yeah, the wearables look simple when you look at them, but there's a lot of work that goes, especially like the side views and the the hands and all that. It's a it's a it's a ton of work. Yeah, so I, 
I, re I pretty strongly believe the Forge like really is going to deliver, or the Forge team with the Forge is delivering way more than we were compensated for. Uh, so we're so close, uh, and I, I hope you guys are going to enjoy it. But anyways, is there interest from uh, what I'm hearing is that we want to separate the Forge team and like specific protocol development initiatives from uh, like a leadership team that helps do all of the DAO side. Uh, is that accurate? This is, uh, so my perspective through this has kind of been, I think it's generally been the same. Uh, we really want to make sure that D-Work is, is successful. And for that, you got to have people that are like salaried making, reviewing the bounties, ensuring that the milestones are being followed, people don't get funded and they just kind of you know, go away. So basically accountability, uh, da dashboards. Uh, there could be, maybe there's some, I mentioned Dow PM here in my message. Um, and I, I just wanted to get the message out because we're almost out of time here, but probably something related to like finance lead that, that you guys are talking about with Mikey. So I'll add, I'll add in a finance, uh, finance kind of lead. Because the finance lead wouldn't necessarily be reviewing bounties, but they would definitely be helping provide that accountability back to like the PM. So we definitely need solidity lead. Uh, design UI could be like, could be the same person as the solidity if they also know if like they're more full stack, they understand front end code. And uh, if there's any UIs or anything that need to be made, we need someone who can either design those or has a good eye they could outsource to someone doing the bounty. So they got to be able to review. And then basically the leads could also apply for bounties uh, if there's like no one else to do them. But in general, the DAO PM would, would kind of work with the leads um, to make sure that they're giving the bounties out to the right people. And then roles we probably need, I think this is where the, the current proposal is kind of more focusing on is like the leadership roles the, the roadmap, make sure that we're funding things that are actually moving the DAO forward, and then like a finance lead. But that's definitely not, this message is, is I just wrote it quite hastily here. That covers generally my kind of thoughts on the topic. I mean, so basically what the say, the rules we definitely need are the rules that we've proposed, right? It's the same thing. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, I think, I think so. Right. It's just, you guys seem to be focusing more on the leadership, I guess, but maybe that's, that's a misconception now. I think, yeah, uh, I have to check, check the board here again. It's been a busy, uh, busy weekend. So I have looked at, uh, at this proposal a couple of times have not like seen all the exact details yet. So product lead, tech lead, finance, yeah, chair. I just want to chime in too, because when we were working on various iterations of the org chart before, you know, one question, you know, on one iteration, there was no chair. It was just kind of like a group of people without a chair, just kind of reporting to the DAO. And then another iteration there was. And so that was something that was bounced around too. Um, but I'll just say like my, 
this is my own personal feeling is like I really don't want to work on a team personally where I feel like I don't have like a clear person that's holding me accountable or that there's like a clear reporting structure. Um, it's hard to be in a position where you have like many individuals all reporting to the entire DAO, which is why I think it's important also for the DAO to have a single individual who they can hold accountable. So if you have a team like this and you have, and, and you, it's like, you know, it's like a pixel graph, like we have Coder Dan, Coder Dan's here on the calls. Like if someone's mad about something pixel graph's doing, like we know we can go yell at Coder Dan, you know, there's someone there. Whereas if you just have a team of people, you know, the DAO has to sort out like, well, who was supposed to do that? Who was supposed to do that? So it's the old like one throat to choke thing for the DAO and for the people on the team. It's like giving them a clear sense of who they're reporting to. And also that person being able to hold it, hold them accountable to make sure they're, uh, that their work is up to what they promised. So that was also the reasoning there from my perspective. I, I mean, that totally makes sense, yeah. It's definitely useful to have that, that person that kind of leads the ship in a way. I think a good example is the forge, right? So like, uh, like it was really important to have one person that knew exactly what was going on with every single person working on the forge team, um, because there's a really complex economics. Like Diddly was doing both smart contract and UI work, like working with Zbot and working with Notorious on like all of the hurdles we had to overcome uh, from that perspective, and then understanding like, all the little problems that come up, because uh, there's like a ton, uh, and like all the huge decisions that we have to make and like really make sure we get the right things in front of the DAO uh, is an extraordinary amount of work. Uh, so the, the idea that like we just like we don't have someone to like hold people accountable and we don't have someone that knows like what's going on with every single person and the hurdles that they face to make them be more uh, like efficient and supported like it's crazy like I, I don't think I could have, like, for the Forge team, I think we could have done a better job of, like, maybe having uh, a couple uh, technical people on so Diddly didn't just get swamped, and he's been doing, like, 40 hours per week, uh, like, the last couple weeks, like, way undercompensated for the amount of work he's done. And so I, I didn't do a good job of, like, estimating that. And so, like, that falls on me to, like, get him more funding to develop what he needs to do uh, and then put that, you know, 8,000 request in front of the DAO to develop geodes. I really think we need that sort of leadership to to understand the problems that come up, uh, to understand like what the DAO needs and how the DAO process works, and then to help troubleshoot that, or else we're gonna like not get shit done. Uh, and like I don't know, I guess I I hope the DAO thinks that I work hard to get things done, and that's what I would be bringing to the role. Uh, real quick question, because there was some discussion on this. These would these uh roles would whatever the compensation ends up being that is it fixed in a in a ghost is it like are these denominated in ghost or are they denominated in ghost denominated in usd i mean ghost, a, i think the feedback here is useful too right we're like pioneering this together like what does compensation look like we've uh, generally done all payments so far from a bounty process or from the dpm standpoint in ghost uh, I think that, you know, there's probably some volatility coming up with Ghost. It's down, like, what, 50% in the last year. But I, the 
speaking with every single person in the proposed role, uh, they were willing to accept Ghost uh, as the denomination of payment. But I think it could be reasonable to consider capping upside, right? If Ghost goes up uh, X amount, uh, like we don't pay more than that. If Ghost goes down this much, uh, then we like prompt uh, consideration for different remuneration strategy. Yeah, I think some sort of limitation on the downside and upside probably would make sense. Because yeah, if if the curve does turn off in like the next six months, it could get could get volatile, more much more volatile than it is right now. Also, we don't we don't have that much dye, right? So I I think like asking for a, a quarter of all our dye didn't feel really good, yeah. right? Versus our ghost uh, and you know all of our strategies to bring value to the protocol to increase revenue are ghost denominated. And so I, I estimate that. Like the forge is gonna put ghost in the bank, right? Uh, and so it kind of made sense to consider our payments with the value we're adding and the revenue streams to be the denomination of our uh, payment. Yeah, generally, like people are saying here, the cleanest ways, you know, even though we hate dirty USD, it's it's cleaner just to say it's a fixed USD amount of ghost, like seventy-five k. Whatever it is that month, if it's uh, however much that comes out to be per month, you would just calculate it at the month of calculate the price at the at the day when you're could be like the the fourteen day moving average or however you want to do it, but that generally makes it a little bit easier to to value rather than having like a capped upside or downside. Just say it, today the ghost is one fifty, so therefore. That that equates to this much USD. And could you talk like so for the forge? If we would say like we want the forge like Pixelcraft build it for us, like could you guys have done that? And would you have done it for sixty three thousand uh, dollars? Who's who's that? I mean, we we had, we didn't even think of the forge until you guys came up with it. Um, and it just would uh it definitely would have like been a a very large undertaking for us to do that but but we're we're trying to encourage like other community members to, to get involved yeah I'd, I'd second that i think um the forge is one example but if you go case by case there's going to be ones where pixelcraft is not not equipped or doesn't have the bandwidth and something passes, it just doesn't make much sense. The whole point of the DAO is, as we mature, to hand off more responsibility to the DAO. That's the way it should go. So Pixelcraft will keep doing what we do, but I'd rather see more dev studios, more developers working through whatever system you guys develop, whether it's through D-Work and a, a leadership team or whatever it may be. But there's really no reason that, that Pixelcraft should have to, uh, to take on each and every proposal that passes. Yeah, I agree, and this is our answer to that problem. Uh, and like, I think the wonderful thing about a DAO is we can have other proposals too, right? This discussion has been going on for like for months, and I think we all really want to move the DAO forward. Uh, and I, if there's alternate proposals, like that's okay, uh, and like feedback's okay. But this is a potential path forward that I, I think would be successful. Yeah, just for what I was saying in the text channel, I think you guys are on the right track here. It's just the 
the devil in the details and defining the scope and maybe the forge is something that it, it's kind of like i think you guys are just re recognizing the forge team basically overlaps with this team one-to-one -one pretty much except for jefe so so like why repeat but it's totally okay if uh, you guys also have your own um projects that have funding and budgets allocated to it and it just so happens it's the same people that are on this like i don't think there's a conflict of interest or anything like that so as long as it's structured properly um probably makes sense to just separate the two and have um a very clearly defined scope here on what exactly we're trying to do and it seems like your main if you could say like in a sentence what is the main goal here is is to bring more development to the DAO, right? Like you want to get funds into the hands of creators. I heard you say something to that effect, and that part I totally resonate with. Like that really should, if you distill it down to the to the core here, we do need that. For sure, and we need people to understand like what that work looks like, uh, and to make that onboarding process really easier. Like all of our mission and vision statements, like really, always kept coming back to like let's have something we can build on together. But I, I think we need structure in place to like clearly make that work available to understand like what that process looks like to apply and get funding and build. I just took a few notes down here <clears throat> based on our conversation so far here. And so, um, you know, some of the big points here made during the meeting, just looking back, uh, forge team and leadership roles could be separated. Uh, it seems like everybody seems like that makes sense um allowing uh, others equally qualified to submit their bids and provide input so i think dr wagney you've kicked off that official thread so please like if you do have any relevant feedback uh or if you do have some personal qualifications uh or you're 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 even interested in something like this uh we definitely want to get as much input as possible in these roles and this was a a starting point uh to work from uh, next thing here was uh, necessary positions. So we just look at all the positions there and maybe define specific scope uh, and, you know, the, the more granular, granular uh, details. Using leads as a means of recognizing and funding hardworking community members. So, you know, I think we mentioned during this meeting here that um, these leads are not going to be uh, solely taking on this work as a centralized entity. This is a means of having some leadership uh, guided develop that can bring guided development to the DAO. And so that means empowering a lot of our community builders and actually getting them funded and getting a plan in front of them uh, for them to execute on. Uh, that was that was another thing. And then lastly here, just what Jesse said, um, you know, in short, we're trying to bring guided development to the DAO. So uh, let me know if I missed anything there. But uh, I think those are some of the big points that I heard from the community or, you know, just from the our, our chat here today in the, uh, during the call. Um, was there anything that, that I might have missed that that were some some pretty significant points that were made? I think I think I covered it. Yeah, um, this is this is a uh, first discussion here, and I think I appreciate the um, you know just the the community feedback here and uh, just the general uh, civility around this conversation because it is you know it, it's a lot to take in here, and uh, I think we'll we'll iterate on this. Uh, does anybody up here have anything else uh, to add regarding um, 
regarding the DDT. Mm hmm. Yeah, I agree. I, I agree with a lot of the comments there. Uh, you know, uh, Jesse saying this proposal at Solid People just needs more clarity on just needs more clarity on what is within scope and what is not specific examples for sure. Okay. Um, so yeah, we actually spent our, uh, you know, the majority of our time here discussing this and that's okay. We, uh, we knew this was going to be a big discussion. So uh, it was all right to, to spend this meeting here discussing this. Is there, uh, you know, you know, I don't know, Coder Den, are you kind of done for today? Do you have some time to, the other topic we have to discuss here is another big topic. So I don't know if we have time for two big topics here today. Uh, we are ready to drop yeah, the I'm curve still discussion. For, uh, I'm still good for a little bit, yeah. Okay. Uh, okay, so I just quickly put a, a slide together this morning. The bonding curve is not forever. <laughs> this is our... Uh, conversation we've been having moon kicked it off a couple months ago and well more than a couple months ago this was in august he brought up uh some concerns that he had seen with the bonding curve and so i just wanted to kind of catch people up on uh, what this conversation was about what the concerns are and, and and like let's get the let's get some discussion going around this oh i see and uh yeah i see we are, Dan we're gonna get uh, golden cross here Absolutely. Walk us through this. Oh, look at this. Perfect. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in the interest of time, because I know everybody's over, I think everybody here is the most keyed yeah. into the situation facing the bonding curve. So, I mean, if anyone wants to do a full review, they can read this. But I'll, I'll skip the first half, which covers a lot of, I think, what you're about to go through with the background and moons and basically de-risking from MakerDAO, right? Like the fact that yeah. Uh, the curve is amazing, but it's when we start to look at it, we realize, oh, we're built on top of um, the MakerDAO and, and Die Token, and uh, that makes me uncomfortable. I mean, even just personally, uh, Dan and I's first project with BullionX took a big hit when we did something similar. We built that project on top of one of the first DAOs ever, DigixDAO, and that uh, that DigixDAO issued a gold stablecoin. Well, guess what? The gold stablecoin drugged us. So that was uh, terrible because we had these, uh, the first of their kind NFTs that were NFTs wrapped around stablecoins, gold stablecoins. And so now the value of uh, BullionX are entirely historic and um, kind of a precursor to fake gachis. They are the collaborative artists that we worked with throughout that to create those. So a uh, bit of a forewarning story. It's close to home. And so when I start seeing rumblings with Dai, uh, I pay attention. And so, yeah, that back, backdrop is covered in the proposal Dan just linked. Um, if we're all caught up on that, like I think we are, and in the interest of time, we'll go straight to the maturation of Avogadro down the proposal. So um, I basically make the argument here that after two and a half years, despite everything we just talked about and the, the uh, challenges that remain for the DAO to uh, kind of open its wings and, and have some um, more responsibilities and more executive uh, abilities, uh, despite all that, we have made a ton of uh, progress. We should give ourselves credit. We've got a core here on this call tonight that 
um, is just the tip of the iceberg in terms of people with credibility and reputation within our ecosystem. Um, we've accomplished a lot of d uh, amazing things like moving Ghost from Ethereum to Polygon. That was kind of the first one, kind of the first separation from the curve, you could say. Over 50 uh, improvement proposals and the recent foundation forming. So, the, you know, that, that kind of sets the stage. And given the risks and the idea that it's unacceptable for us to, uh, even if you think it's a minimal amount of risk posed by DAI, you have to uh, look at this and uh, decide, well, is even a minimum amount of risk acceptable when it's totally avoidable? Because we do have a DAO that can handle itself now. And so that wasn't the case when we launched, obviously. Everybody was strangers and uh, everything was new, but we're at a different place now. And so we're able to make this proposal for us to close the ghost bonding curve in a controlled, methodical way, following a few simple steps. Uh, first, we would pass an AGIP, as I say, do you guys say AGIP? A uh, Avogadro improvement proposal on snapshot, confirming Avogadro's DAO's intentions and setting the terms. Second, once the core prop passes, we would have to, this is interesting, we would have to migrate a required 8% of all ghost supply back to Ethereum so we can reach quorum on Aragon, where our Curves on-chain voting system is harbored. So uh, actually, uh, I had a call with Aragon last week. They wanted to reach out and do a profile on us. And I was like, oh, guys, your guys' timing is amazing. <laughs> so uh, we'll see what happens there. They're actually excited about this. They think it's pretty exciting if, if something happens here. Um, three, we would have to complete the Aragon-based vote. And it's at this point the curve would immediately close and any die collateral would be transferred to all multi-sig wallets in accordance with the uh, whatever's defined in the core prop. And um, uh, real quick, we've run some simulations on this. We actually put one of our, our Solidity leads on this for about a week to flesh out and look for poke holes in it and make sure everything would run fine if we were to do this with Aragon. Um, Coder Dan, do you have any specific details on that you want to share other than, yeah, we figured it out, we need the 8%? Uh, um, yeah, we, as far as like turning it off, the first step is to basically delist DAI as a collateral. Uh, there, is, there is a little bit of a, a thing that we'll need to pay attention to there, which is anyone who has an, op an open order that has been filled but has not been claimed would need to do that order before uh, die is delisted as a collateral, so we'll have to make very clear that uh, that that that's the only kind of tricky part of the entire process. Uh, but once it's delisted, then we do one more vote to uh, essentially allow the die to be transferred from uh, the bonding curve, the contract via the agent with or the Aragon agent, and then um, once that vote goes through, the die can then be transferred, and then it can be between how whatever kind of wallets uh, is decided upon in the final sig prop core prop yeah yeah absolutely and so once all that's completed then step four the curve is dead long live the ghost and uh, all of this comes with an asterisk the Avogadro Dow Foundation which is yet to be fully formed uh, and the subsequent multi-sig uh, have to be set up before step three could ever happen so we could proceed uh, with the SIG prop, core prop, but it, nothing happens if that foundation isn't formed. Um, that's for sure. So I see questions about, uh, yeah, very uh, 
deep questions about is ghost not owned by the DAO? And I think um, we can get into that here and you kind of see like the DAO is born from the curve, right? And so ghost token literally controls on-chain voting on the curve. That's why it's able to be shut down only by uh, that method. Um, there's a bit of a hierarchy. There's special AGT tokens from the summoners to kickstart this. But even we could not, as summoners, go in and turn it off on our own. It's not possible. So it requires ghost token holders to come together and, and want to do this. And there's no other way around it. So that comes to the die-in and what to do with that. And we think turning off the curve is an opportunity to secure significant funding for our ecosystem while dramatically simplifying the ghost tokenomics, which we can argue about until we're blue in the face. But at the end of the day, the main reason here we're doing this is we have to de-risk. And, um, and if you don't, then you have to just live and die by MakerDAO, actually. So, so far, the die in the curse contracts has only served one purpose. Uh, it's not really about ownership. It's about what it can do. And it, all it does is provide liquidity for the creation and destruction of ghost tokens, the minting and burn function. And after the curve's closure, uh, whatever die remains in that contract will be freed to go work on behalf of the Avogadro protocol. So one way to think about it is that die has been incredibly inefficient up to this point. And, um, and another point here that is worth mentioning is anyone who, let's say this passes, the core prop, uh, obviously that can be bullish or bearish for whoever's viewing it, and the curve is still open. So people can trade in and out of the curve um, if they don't want to be a part of this, obviously. So, so I think that it's very fair, very transparent. And there are basically only three distinct wallets that uh, make sense uh, to manage a portion of this die, at least initially. And we'll get to where it could trickle out to from there. But first would be the Avogadro DAO liquidity provisions wallet. This is really important. Um, and that is right now the curve is the ultimate source for deep liquidity for Ghost. And um, you see this all the time, major sales in and out. And if uh, the curve goes away, then what do we have? We have you know decent liquidity with a USDC pair on QuickSwap. Um, we're listed on the major exchanges, but they don't have like super deep liquidity by any means, especially compared to the curve. And so uh, we have to address that. And so we could allocate together 20% uh, of collateral uh, to the DAO, and the DAO would have to come up with a, basically this would be a, uh, a team, a multi-sig managed by whoever the DAO elects just to handle this uh, particular allocation of funds. And there needs to be uh, one or more places for people to enter in and exit Ghost with healthy liquidity. So we could, as a DAO, decide to put it on a major exchange, or we could say, you know what, um, there's a lot of FUD on that. Let's, let's uh, keep it decentralized. Let's partner with QuickSwap or Uniswap or, or a mixture of the two. And so this is something that the DAO could have a lot of say in deciding where we want to uh, put our deepest liquidity at initially. And um, uh, on a note on that, Pixelcraft can definitely help to introduce uh, this team or the wider foundation to trusted market makers uh, or decision makers. We have contacts at Binance, um, uh, Coinbase, Kraken, or Uniswap or QuickSwap. So, you know, any of the above or others, if you want introductions and we're not handling it and, and the DAO is, um, this is a, a pretty cool, uh, very focused scope team that would be working on this. 
All right, then the another 40% would split to Avogadro Dow Foundation as just like tr pure treasury, whatever you guys want to do with it in terms of long-term holdings, um, putting it uh, initially into probably the foundation's nine-person elected multi-sig. That seems to be the obvious choice, but based on the conversation here, there may be other leadership teams or other wallets that should be holding or uh, taking care of some of these funds. So that would, again, be up to the DAO to kind of figure out how to diversify here. But I don't think uh, it has to all be, you know, in one multi-sig forever all the time, but probably initially. Uh, at least that's the proposal here. And then uh, the last part would be another 40% with Pixelcraft, kind of the home of the summoners, and um, probably uh, the most likely to just be have the most experience dealing with multi-sigs and, and handling funds and being able to put it to work. We talk about efficiency. We can think of about 10 things we'd love to do that we just do not have the budget to do right now. So we've always been quite conservative, for example, with our marketing budget, uh, preferring less sale and more ship. But uh, with all the product launches we want to do this year and the way we feel like sometimes uh, we're not as aggressive with the marketing as we would like to be, it, it, it costs a lot of money. Um, and so no doubt we could put the money to work if um, it comes into Pixelcraft. So besides increasing our marketing spending, we'd also be able to double down on pursuing the best talent we can find in a, what we have discovered to be a very competitive hiring environment. There's, there's definitely no way around that. So that's kind of the idea there. Um, and there is also, I guess, worth mentioning this kind of wild idea of a crypto apocalypse scenario i guess i would be kind of a subscriber to this um if you are reading a lot of the fud uh on twitter i don't think it's just fud there's there's new bad news every day for some of these uh, centralized exchanges we've already seen so many dominoes fall and there is a worst case scenario lurking out there um where i mean it gets really really bad and and we would like to see um avogachi survive that or even thrive. I like to think about Avogadro as the IP being potentially so strong where we outgrow Web3. Like we're born in Web3, we dominate Web3, we do great, but we can also be in Hollywood, we can also be in literature, we can also be in pop culture and fashion. And so um, in terms of de-risking and, and risk management, diversification, I think uh, for both Pixelcraft and I would argue even for the DAO, there could be a consideration where uh, a certain percent, probably not too significant, but a certain percent would make sense to move off-chain um, just to keep the lights on in a worst-case scenario if all the stable coins crash or whatever, you know, worst-case scenario happen, does actually play out. Okay, so that's kind of the proposal. The timeline is let's make February the Ghost Independence Month, and um, we would immediately begin the task of removing the reliance on the curve with a relatively straightforward process, the, the same one we described above. Uh, we just put this out. This will stay up for a full week of discussion. And based on the feedback there, if it makes sense to, we'll proceed with a SIG prop. Um, and uh, as usual, Pixelcraft will refrain from voting in any of the snapshot votes. So that will be out there as a SIG prop, basically end of the first week of February. Uh, that would turn into a core prop. And... Um, Basically, by the end of the second week, by the middle of February, if that core prop passes, then we could begin the heavy lift of rallying everyone to move at least 8% of ghost back to Ethereum for the on-chain Aragon vote. 
And um, because the core prop would have passed Pixelcraft at this point, if if we wanted, I think it would make sense. We could contribute some of our ghost to bridging back um, because the core prop had already passed. If the core prop doesn't pass, none of this matters. And then uh, week four, after that happens, the basically the Aragon vote will pass. The closing of the curve happens. And uh, Pixelcraft Studio has already invested our Solidity team's resources into, oh, yeah, sorry, I'm reading here. It talks about the simulating of the process. But we already talked about that. So, yeah, the 20% uh, liquidity provision would need to be the most time sensitive to go out and be managed swiftly because the time between new liquidity finding a new home and the curve closing would be the most volatile time for Ghost. And uh, so that would have to be, you know, that team would have to be coordinating and be ready uh, at a moment's notice. The rest of this uh, proposal kind of dives into what a ghost token after the closing of the curve looks like and what it could mean. So we can get into that, but um, I encourage everybody to read it thoroughly. It does cite Moon's uh, discussion from before and some of the positives and how, you know, real quick I'll run through. Um, we have the SuperNet blockchain coming, so Ghost is gaining utility by becoming a gas token. Um, I feel like that's the best case scenario here. We're closing the curve and opening the chain, and um, it's a great time to um, basically invite new stakeholders into the Avigachidao ecosystem. These could be validators or other large players that want to have a stake in this chain, and uh, they get governance with it. So. We could uh, basically use this as an opportunity to, to grow the grow the pie and grow uh, Avogadro as a brand and what we could metaphorically call Ghost 2.0. It is the same Ghost on the same contract, though, to be clear. And then, um, yeah, Ghost has always had this dual mandate as an eco governance token. So I addressed that here a bit in that um, maybe it'd be more governance but less uh, economy. Um, and that's where Moon kind of talked about how Ghost has in the past actually been a bit of a uh, a friction for people to get into the other Avagachi assets. And so there's a case to be made that um, maybe uh, as people are building on the chain especially, it would also be very hard to enforce that everything on the chain be uh, done in, you know, and uh, treating Ghost as a currency. That doesn't really make a lot of sense. So maybe stable coins to buy Avagachi assets becomes a thing. Maybe other other tokens can have a seat at the table, including our own Alchemica. So that's something that is addressed here. It also points out that, you know, one limitation that has been a little tough for Pixelcraft is our operating costs. Even though we had very large uh, years in, in some of this previous sales, uh, we also diamond-handed our ghost and uh, yet didn't participate in governance. So if you think about it, it doesn't really make a lot of sense. And, um, and yet... It kind of undermined our abilities uh, in certain cases to to spend like we wanted to uh, invest in certain areas of of our team. So TLDR, basically governance token, yes, stronger than ever. Ecosystem token would likely be reduced if the curve is turned off. Cryptocurrency would be limited, but case by case. Uh, I think there's it's optional. Gas token soon with the Gachi chain launch, of course, and of course it could be a game token. It certainly can be a great incentive, such as the recent Gachi board competition has shown. So that is pretty much it. There's a summary here at the end talking about the maturation of Avagachi DAO and why we think this is the right time to shut down the curve, our beautiful, lovely curve. So 
want everybody to jump in here. Uh, thank you for consideration and feedback. And um, yeah, this will, like I say, be live for at least a week of, of in-depth conversation. And uh, it's a very important decision not to be made lightly, but um, after a lot, a lot of time spent on this, um, I know I've personally come to the conclusion that there's just no reason to um, put to risk Avogadro uh, being being built on top of a layer that really isn't that that solid. And I'm, I'm referring to MakerDAO there. Sorry, MakerDAO, we love you. If they hear this, okay. So uh, I had no chance to look at the text channel while I was uh, going through that. Does anybody want to hop on the mic and, and share feedback or questions or, or let me know what some of the hotter uh, feedback live was? I see a question for you guys. Can you talk a little bit about the request for 40% of the DAI or 8 million upfront? I think as the DAO is considering what to do with this DAI, it's helpful to understand like whatever project we fund, like what their runway is, like what their expenses is, like what is going to happen with that 8 million. Uh, and kind of how you guys arrived at that 40% number. And then just some context, there's been some discussion over the last couple of weeks in the Treasury channel kind of discussing this that's helpful to to read through just to get a broad uh, feedback from the community on where their heads were at. Mm, yeah, sure. Yeah, um, there's a couple angles here you could go by, but um, the most simple and direct one would be um, there's the the uh, if not pixel like the, these die have to go somewhere and so if uh, if we don't manage them we can't spend them all at once right we could talk about burns and runways and we do we we see so much left on the table that we can increase triple quadruple certain certain budgets um, that's that's for that's like already there. But you're still not going to spend all that in a year or two, right? And I think that's okay. I think it comes down to um, all the summoners are at Pixelcraft Studios, and if if we uh, don't manage them, then who is going to? And so uh, we have this new foundation. It's very, very green. Um, and, and subsequent, yeah, absent of that, there's just there's not many multi-sigs out there that I think I, I think of as myself as a whale. Uh, for Ghost, where would I be comfortable seeing all this die go when the curve closes? And I think it's it's obvious like Pixelcraft would be the most uh, time proven to to hold a significant portion of these. And um, and then uh, in the name of decentralization, obviously others should also be managing this. And so, you know, basically it was a fifty-fifty, keep it simple type of uh, thought about it. And then um, the real, the, then there's the, the kicker of, well, we have to earmark a significant portion for, um, for liquidity provisions. So just took 10 from each side, basically. Yeah, one of, and just to add to that, one of our major sources of revenue that help offset the burn is the 150K every month from the curve. And so once the curve is turned off, we're not going to have that source of die anymore for the company which it, we do use that every month now to pay salaries for team members. Yeah, to be clear, it's, it's not enough, but it, it certainly is not significant. We, we also, yeah, uh, to give a sense of our burn rate, it, it varies based on um, various things that are happening that month, but currently it's around 300 to 500K uh, per month. 500K would be if we have like some audits or some, you know, there might be some marketing things that we want to do uh, that month, 
but yeah, it's generally in the 250, 300 to 500K range. Why is our burn rate so high? We have a team of 30, 35 team members right now. Quite a few, uh, like mm -hmm. half of the team are developers. Uh, it's this is not on. It's not. It's actually a very modest burn rate compared to many other teams in the space. We're we're yeah. quite frugal with our money. We try to be. But the, the that's expertise the you think about. Sorry, just do you think about the Gachiverse and what we've achieved there and what it took to achieve that? It's not very apparent because it's a super retro, simple-looking game on the surface. But the uh, the back end built from scratch. Um, you could argue it was a bad decision or it was too cost prohibitive, but it is uh it is not easy and it's um it requires a certain level of expertise and that requires a certain payroll and a, a certain level of talent and um and um yeah we're i if if you're on the inside looking it's it's pretty conservative and there's hires left to be desired we're kind of redlining uh with the team it, it would be fair to say so um you know we can't we don't have a lot of wiggle room to increase our um our burn rate, um, even though we know we're going to anyway, regardless of the curve, to to get where we need to go. But it's it's like I say, it's we're kind of running hot. And um, like just and, one example, uh, I, like the the new CMO that we really really want, we we've been wanting like to bring on a super experienced C, CMO uh, to run the marketing. But you know, CMOs also they kind of expect to have. Uh, other marketing uh, team team members working with them, which we do have, but it's really it's not enough. Like it really, we're always we always feel like we need to do more marketing. Um, but at the same time, marketing if you do it properly in this space, like you you have to there's like earned media that you need to spend on. There's there's influencer marketing, which is one of the the most uh, one of the most effective ways to do marketing in this space if done right. And we look at that. We're like, well, we could, we can uh, do do that marketing, or we could. Should we spend it on developers instead? So having to make that choice uh, fairly frequently can be, you know, it, it does kind of make it difficult for us to get out there more than we'd like. Yeah, yeah. And to address Immaterials' uh, question here, he said we've always been told PC has a huge war chest for marketing sitting there. Is that not the case? Well. I mean, I don't know who was always telling that, but we, we, we definitely are. We have a lot of ghosts, but like I say, we like to diamond hand the ghost. Yeah. And, we, um, we didn't, yeah, we didn't, we honestly, we probably should have not diamond handed that when it was 280, but we, we have always wanted to diamond hand ghost because we really believe in it as a token and we believe in the, the ecosystem. And I'll be frank, we did get taxed on that, on those ghost holdings as well. So. And now it's now it's a dollar. We still have a lot of ghosts, and that is still a great um, treasury that we could, you know, we can pull from if if need be. Yeah, I guess the um, I guess the main question is whether people holding these spending them right, because Jesse was saying that you know it makes sense for PC to hold them as being experienced multi-siggers, etc. But it sounds like it's more like to to spend it, right? To spend it on marketing, to spend it on development. So if that was the case, I'd expect it to be more 
kind of deliverable driven and based on timescales to be like, we want to spend this much to achieve this. Yeah, sure. I, I think it's both. If you read through the proposal, it, it definitely emphasizes that we want to uh, drastically, we want to put this to work, right? Like, no doubt. I was just addressing the, the other half of the question, which is, where can we safely put it? So I think both can be true at the same time. And yeah, I mean, there's at, we are open to some sort of milestone-based approach, but who's who's going to make the milestones? Do we make the milestones? Who signs off on those? Uh, we have a, a ton of questions in the DAO currently about just setting milestones for the DAO. Um, well, I think so. it's also fair to to say push back a bit in that Pixelcraft is more than like in my opinion, we've delivered on our roadmaps. We just issued a new roadmap because most of the previous was uh, completed. So uh, there's proof in the pudding, and then there's uh, the alternative. You always have to go with what's the next best alternative. And as we just spend an hour on, I mean, Wagme and, and the team here with the Forge is working very hard to establish a team that can execute and, and move the ball with the DAO. And I, I hope that happens. We need... 10 pixel crafts, to be honest. But in the meantime, um, this is, this is a, a pretty good structure. Um, there's really, it's, it's you know, got to go somewhere. And if, if you guys ultimately feel that the money would, the die would be better used by not going to pixel craft, then we can also talk about that. That's totally fine. But uh, we put our best foot forward. We think, uh, let, let's, let's get to business and let's, uh, Let's um, keep everybody funded. There's more than enough here to uh, uh, give runway for, you know, really... Because you have to remember, like, we are competing with things like what Dan just mentioned with Aave. You know, they're DeFi. They're not competing directly with us. But the size of crypto in, like, the top 100 market cap, if that's where we're going, like, <laughs> their, their, their burn rates are a lot bigger than ours. We've done a lot with a little. And, um, and and it's a shame because we have the expertise. We feel like I think that you know we can execute better than a lot. But um, yeah, the marketing budgets uh, alone just demand a lot more. Um, and uh, yeah, I think we we have an opportunity here to do something really special. But uh, we got to put the die to work. Marketing is just one aspect. It's also like you mentioned the the dev market, the Web three dev market is very very competitive. If you want to get the best devs, the best designers. And we now say we need, we don't need the best in the world, but we, we want quality people on the team because not hiring quality people on, for a team is, is probably one of the worst mistakes you can make. It's, it's almost like just wasting money. So we want to make sure that we're bringing on quality individuals. And in this, even in, in the downturn of the, 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 the whole worldwide tech downturn, like it's the salaries for Web3, for crypto, Solidity, uh, UI are still very competitive. Yeah, I don't. I don't think anyone's um, saying we don't want the money to go to Pixelcraft, but I think it. I think the DAO, if they're voting for that amount to go to Pixelcraft, it would be nice to see like exactly what's that's for. Um, 
you know, ju just because I know obviously you guys aren't going to do it, but you know, we don't actually know where that eight million die is going to going to go. Right? It could just be you know paying out some pixel craft bonuses. Like, not saying that that is going to happen, but it's just that's the problem with it going into a centralized entity with no kind of like transparency of exactly where it's going to be spent on. But I don't know, I don't think anyone is saying we don't want Pixelcraft to get that money. I think we'd just like to have some, you know, deliverables and timescales of exactly what it's being spent on and what the difference would be with and without that money, I guess. Yeah, I think that's fair. And so we can take more time to document uh, and answer those questions through the through the week in that in that chat we can provide some sources and some projections um, and some estimates mm, there's definitely no issue there I think we're kind of anticipating that so that's that's totally fine and um, I guess just it, the other thing to emphasize here and that we do mention in the proposal is that we, we specifically mention ahead of time that some of this we do intend to take off chain uh, for the apocalypse uh, provision and you're right that part would be more opaque but uh, you know on the big scale of things we we don't know where the curve will close right how much die will be in the curve so it's it might be eight million it might be less it might be more if people are bullish on this and uh, we'll just have to see but i think um whatever that number is you know we're talking less than 10 percent like and and i think that's more than adequate to get through the storm kind of thing so uh, that means 90% or more is is still on chain, for what that's worth. So I know we're way over time, but um, yeah, we, we published it. We welcome everybody take these thoughts. Uh, I like the immediate feedback. We can we can move on some of this, and uh, definitely carry the conversation throughout the the coming days and at the uh, link. Yep, let me post that again. <laughs> Wingachi Guardians Alpha gameplay. <laughs> well, we're working on it. We're working hard. Yeah, drop the link again. There you go. Mm -hmm. Nice. Yep, and if you guys want to play with the numbers, if, if you think something else makes more sense, I mean, now's the time. But the bigger picture here is the, 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 the risk and de-risking. I'm of, you know, the mind that if something's going to go wrong with die, it's going to be in the first half of the year more than the second half. Like the the storm is kind of right at our doorstep. So, what happens with regulations and uh, kind of these stablecoin wars, um, and these exchange wars that's ongoing, that's all playing out right now as we speak. So we're actually really fortunate that, you know, it was it was Terra, not MakerDAO, that kind of thing. And so, I just wouldn't be able to. Uh, look back at this if we just sat on our hands and did nothing um and then watch die go like depeg one day because once that happens there's there's no going back so um that's the bigger picture we'll figure out the the die stuff i'm not too worried about it but um i think we do want to move fairly fast on this if if we end up all in agreement that the bonding curve is uh, more risk than it's worth at this point the the gusd thing kind of it's not a big issue in terms of over their overall uh the amount of their portfolio portfolio that gusd has i'm just worried that if gusd does depeg or go to zero it's going to cause some sort of like bank run on on maker could be 
you know, could be kind of conspiracy theory or some a very low chance, but the even if there's like a five like a five hundred million dollar a hole in MakerDAO's bank sheet doesn't look good, and it might spook people. That's what we're really worried about: just the the contagion that would that could flow from that, and people start removing their funds from MakerDAO, and it starts becoming kind of decollateralized. So one one bad tweet from Gary Gensler. <laughs> That's all it takes. <laughs> you just or you wake up one day and like the they've they've like blacklisted USDC has blacklisted die or something some ridiculous thing like that it's these are all risk factors that we're taking into consideration yeah there's a there's a lot of flags and so just to be i think it's the the kind of adult thing to do is to have this conversation just it's like dang because i love the curve more than anybody and when moon first made the proposal i was like man are, are you sure dude <laughs> but it it's really i i think we address that and then you know uh, it, it might even make sense to break this into two SIG props, right? Should it be turned off? And if it is, mm-hmm. um, you know, do we want to do the split as proposed here or or we see what comes out another option or two? And, and let Ghost go Yeah, two decide SIG props definitely proposed. makes sense. If, yep. if there's any... We don't, we don't want the first proposal, whether it should be turned off or not, to fail because there's disagreement on the split. So it might make sense to make those into two. Well, the Dow Foundation, while it be completely set up and that structure completely in place by next month. Well, all of this is predicated on that happening. And so, yeah, we're trying to move as quickly as, as we can with that. Um, uh, if there was someone was at, earlier was asking about Ross, we, he is on, he, he was, retained by Pixelcraft. Uh, he's been a little hard to get a hold of recently. Not we're, we're trying to figure out what's going on with him, but uh, he should be back this, this week. And if he's not, we'll probably have to reach out to other members of either LexDAO or just reach out to some Cayman, founda- Cayman uh, company setup agencies. Yeah, we yeah, all do already... a wellness check on Ross. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, seriously. I'm in his DMs. Uh, we're we're gonna get that time with him, get this through the hoop. So um, I can't imagine three weeks from now that hasn't happened. Like when Monday hits, Ross's phone is blowing up again. So it it should be fine. I know he's had his hands full and a little bit of travel. Yeah. yeah. Can I ask one more question about the um, about the timing of the prop? Um, sure. What so if we're, if we're kind of doing this in February, we'll be driving the demand for Ghost once the curve is off, because traditionally a lot of the demand has come from staking for friends to enter in raffles or for sales. And obviously we're not doing either of those things. So if we turn off the curve next month and you know the, the super net isn't coming until the summer, what what's going to drive the demand for Ghost in that time and stop it just you know <laughs> going to zero basically? Now, so this is tricky because we're not we're not to talk about price and we have no comments on price and speculation. Uh, but I think it is safe to say the obvious that um, so many tokens and so much value in the uh, wider crypto space 
it's not all from utility, right? Most of it comes from speculation. And for better or worse, we've risen above that and had uh, the benefits of the curve kind of reduce volatility and keep that. Uh, if you looked at a pie chart of why people are interested in Ghost, uh, it would look very different than your average you know, cryptocurrency. Uh, and the, the slice for speculation would be far, far smaller. That's going to change for better or worse. And um, I think, you know, uh, you, you could think about that as, as part of the answer. And what that does is it creates an opportunity to bring in new stakeholders. And so one thing I can say for sure is uh, regardless of what happens with the DAI, um, I've, at Pixelcraft, we're very aware that we have to allocate a significant amount of time and effort on our, our uh, team. And even we're hiring out new leads and partnerships and and uh, and par and um, BD and all of those kind of things to help communicate to guilds, to other DAOs, to other potential uh, validators, um, and basically go in uh, outreach overdrive and let them know the story and what's happening with uh, the ghost bonding curve and why it why they should know about it and why they should care and why it might. Uh, be the right time for them to reconsider Ghost Token, and um, and tell them about this roadmap and and where we're going and what we've already accomplished. So uh, that's where, regardless of what happens with the die, our marketing budget is and, and our outreach budgets are reallocating in that direction real heavy here because um, we do feel whether or not we're responsible for the curve, we do feel um, like there's no no doubt that we have. The most influence and impact on what we ship at Pixelcraft has an impact on what uh, happens, uh, uh, you know, going forward with with interest in Ghost, uh, for better or worse, at least in the short term. And so we'll take that responsibility and and um, and uh, be be you know going as hard as we can to to get the story out and and get new partners onboarded, if that makes sense. Real quick, I see Gadfly asking about uh, Ross and who he represents. It's not that he doesn't represent the, the DAO. I think this is another example of where Pixelcraft often um, comes in and, and we do things on behalf of Avogachi, whether you want to say that's the DAO or not. But um, uh, in lack of that kind of executed executable level uh, leadership team that um, the Forge team is working on proposing, something like that, uh, we do often fill in and, uh, you know, uh, pay for things that cost money off chain or um, engage in contracts with uh, with people like like uh, like like Ross. So uh, we did that, but it's I'm not quite sure what what Gadley's worried about there. We're definitely doing it to um, to uh, help get things started. And by all means, once the foundation is set up, um, open a bank account and maybe the the Avogadro DAO can. Um, you know, contract and pay uh, directly for some of these off-chain services. Okay, reading here. Hefe, are we are we spoiling the party? Are we way over time here? Or yeah, I think we're. Well, I mean, I think we've addressed a lot of the major questions in the in the conversation here. There are, of course, you know, some finer details that we can you know discuss. And I like your idea of having the two different proposals. It, it makes a lot of sense. 
um, I don't see any like burning questions for for right now. Uh, I think we covered a lot in this call and a lot of meat in this in this DAO discussion between our uh, two big topics we discussed here today. Uh, are there is there anything else from anybody up here that you you guys would like to add before we before we close out here for the for the morning? Oh, from our yeah. side, I think we're good. We, okay. we covered everything, and um, yeah, take a look, guys. See what see what makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. One last time, I'm just gonna post the uh, discussion Jesse here uh, put up, as well as the discussion from Moon. If you, you know, I think like you said, everybody in here is caught up for the most part. But if you do need to catch up, uh, we'll also put together a little mirror board of just the details from the bonding curve before, so you can. Uh, get access to that information pretty easily there. So those are the two uh, kind of uh, threads there regarding the bonding curve. Uh, I, don't, I don't think we have anything else for today to cover. We can talk about the mission and vision. I feel like it'd be more relevant to discuss for next week's meeting. Uh, I appreciate everybody that came out here today for our Sunday DAO call. 63 people in attendance right now. It's awesome. Good to see that sort of engagement on a early Sunday morning and uh, yeah. Hey, Happy, I don't mean to jump in, but I just want to ask a quick question regarding okay. Denver SIG prop going to a core prop. Do we know if yes. that's this week or is it going to be delayed another week? So the core prop, I mean, it's ready for a core prop. We're not making any, I just have to make actually one uh, edit to my my fuel cost because I, I was using liters instead of gallons. And so that's the only modification I need to make to the proposal, but I'll get that over to uh, you guys at Pixelcraft. And, uh, you know, when, whichever day you guys normally submit your uh, core proposals, we can get that up. Do we know if it will happen this week or will it be delayed a week? Because I know there's like a timing, so I just want to figure that out because it's kind of very essential to the whole. Yeah, it's, it's time sensitive in that regard. Uh, I mean, uh, you know, Coder Dan, do you think this is something we could get up uh, at some point during this week? Earlier would be better, uh, but I can get you that? like the, that's the uh, Eat Denver Gachi Lodge 2023 uh, funding proposal. Uh, yeah, we'll do another round of uh, core props probably Tuesday or Wednesday. That works for okay. you guys. All right. Uh, yeah, excellent. I'll, I'll get that over to you. I'll get the copy, the edited copy over to you. Okay, we'll perfect. Excellent. Uh, Thanks, everyone. Have a lovely Sunday. Absolutely. Thank you, everybody.